Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits towards us. The Lord has been faithful and he has been keeping us. Certainly kept us from last week until this week. And yes, another Wednesday evening, we're coming together for our weekly Bible study. And I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying the word of the Lord. And I'm so grateful for the people of God here in Washington, D.C. And those of you uh, in the Bronx, New York, Refuge Temple Annex, the Lord bless you. I'm so grateful to the Lord for another opportunity for us to come together in fellowship and to go into the word of the Lord. I want to give you time. I see some, some more of the saints are coming in. I want to give you time to come in before we actually start uh, tonight's Bible study. We, were actually, we are actually going to begin a five-part series. And I'll say it is, it's going to be a recurring series uh, because we're going to be dipping into the parables. Uh, and there's a reason for that. First, um, let's pray before we go in. I see some more of the saints coming in. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for another opportunity uh, for us to come together into your word. I pray, Lord, that you would let your word touch us. Let it reach those unreachable places, those places that need healing, those places that need correction and reproof. Do it in the midst of your word, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, tonight will be part one of a five-part series uh, entitled, What's Going On in the Kingdom of God? Uh, I think it's an important series to get into. Uh, very important question to ask, uh, and the answers can only come to those who have an ear to hear. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church concerning its condition. What's your spiritual condition? Uh, so we'll be studying some of the parables uh, as we go through this series. It's a recurring series, which means from time to time, I'll come back uh, and get into the parables again. Now, um, in order for us to discover not only the principles of the kingdom, uh, but its condition, uh, it's important that we get into the parables. And I love the parables. I love stories. Uh, and you will discover uh, that there's a great value in studying the parable. So I hope one of the things that happens is not only that we'll soul search, but that uh, you'll take an interest in, in reading the parables in the Bible. Uh, parables illustrate uh, some of our Lord's most important teachings, and they demand uh, crucial responses from us. Uh, yes, uh, and these parables were spoken thousands of years ago, uh, but even today, uh, it still demands a response, a decision uh, from those who hear the word, who hear the story. Uh, so in order to gain 
I would say the greatest benefit from the parable, you have to understand what a parable is and how a parable functions. Um, so, uh, parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So, uh, let's look at this. Counts of the parables in the Bible differ. Uh, depending on who you talk to, you might get a different number of how many parables are in the Bible. Uh, and I would say because categorizing various teaching tools is a subjective undertaking. Some parables, listen to my notes, some parables in the Bible are clearly labeled as such. Others are not specifically labeled as a parable, but they're clearly matched, or they will clearly match any reasonable definition of the word parable. Um, if we define it, here it is again, if we define a parable loosely enough to include all parabolic instruction, uh, such as here in, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 11, it says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold, in pictures of silver. Apples of gold in a picture of silver. It would be a contrast. The gold apples will stand out. And that's what the word of God does. It stands out. Uh, it would stand out in the story. Uh, so the number of parables would naturally rise uh, if you scan through the Bible. So some would say there are about 100 parables in the Bible. Others see about 250 parables, uh, but there are over 30 parables that Jesus spoke out of his mouth himself in the Synoptic Gospels. However, when you go through the Gospel of John, you'll find no parables at all. So, a uh, brief breakdown also. Parables are normally brief or short, uh, but some are very short, very brief. Uh, so some, of course, are shorter than others. So tonight we're going to start. I'm, what I'm going to do in this series, I'm going to go through five. I'm going to pick five parables and um, get into them, and we're going to pull the meat out of it. So, um, so let's talk about it. Our anchor scripture tonight, the anchor scripture is going to be found in Matthew, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 9, and then verses 18 through 23. The name of the parable uh, for tonight's purposes, the farmer, the seed, and the soils. You'll remember it. Many of you will remember this as soon as I start reading it. Um, it is significant that in the four gospels, 35 of the Lord's uh, miracles and 35 of his parables are recorded. These parables, which are unique in all literature, are miracles of spiritual teaching, words aptly spoken. And as we said, coming out of Proverbs 25, 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. So against a silvery background, the apple stands out. So that's what a parable is. It's, it's an illustrative picture put in words. I love that. It's an illustration, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, a story that is true to life and is told in the form of a parable to make truth. Listen to what I'm saying. A parable is spoken to make truth clearer to the hearer and easier for us to understand. So 
uh, three principles. Let's lay down the, the uh, foundation. There are three principles of interpretation when you talk or you read or you hear a parable. Number one, each parable has one main message. So each parable that we go through, there's one main message. Number two, each parable has several secondary details, each of which has a spiritual meaning, which is related to the main theme of the parable. Number three, each parable has details that are necessary to complete the earthly story. It's necessary to complete the story, uh, but they may not have a spiritual meaning. So there'll be some aspects of the parable that has spiritual meaning and others that will not have spiritual meaning. So in this parable uh, of the farmer, the seed, and the soils was probably, uh, many say, was probably the very first parable that Jesus spoke. First time he uses a parable. And it is a foundational parable. Right? Before I read uh, the anchor scripture, which is Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9 and 18 through 23. Um, I want to take you um, to Mark chapter 4, verse 13. This is Jesus talking. And he said unto them, know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? Uh, so Jesus is is what oftentimes now use parables, uh, wanting them to get the meaning, and, and sometimes they didn't get it. Sometimes they deflected or they moved away uh, from what Jesus was talking about, but there was a powerful message there. Um, so there are issues, of course, that the Lord has with the kingdom. Uh, and when I say issues, uh, sometimes it would be to... Uh, how, how can I say it, to get them to look at themselves and see where they are uh, because they were not as deeply in as they thought they were. Uh, one time Jesus had to tell them, you are straining at gnats and swallowing camels. Uh, their focus was in the wrong place. And when your focus is in the wrong place, you cannot properly digest or understand what the Lord is trying to do in you or through you or for you. Um, so probably the very first parable that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uses. Let's go to the anchor scripture, Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew chapter 13 verses 1 through 9 and then I'm going to go down to verse 18 and read through 23. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the side. And the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not, not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. 
And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Listen to verse 9. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus is already letting them know everybody's not going to get what I'm saying. Everybody's not going to understand it. Let's go down to verses 18 through 23. Hear ye therefore, now Jesus is explaining what each part means. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. It's the parable of the sower. We're calling it the farmer, the seed, and the soils. But it's the parable of the, so the sower. Hear ye therefore, therefore, I'm sorry, the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. Verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and a nun with joy receive it. Yet hath he not him not root in himself but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Verse 23, but he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth fruit forth, I'm sorry, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. I'm going to take you to verse nine in the same chapter where he says, he that has an ear, uh, everyone that has an ear, let him hear. But I want to read it to you in the common English Bible. Verse nine would sound like this. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. Everyone who has ears, everyone who has, can understand what the word of God is saying, pay attention. Pay attention. Why should we pay attention? Because there's something the Lord wants to tell us. The Lord wants us to see where we are. What is our condition? Take notice of what's going on. Hallelujah. So the anchor scriptures I read, Matthew again, Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and then verses 18 through 23. Jesus calls it the parable of the sower. We're breaking it down into three categories, and we're calling it the farmer, the seed, and the soils. And the soils. Hallelujah. So uh, when the word of God goes forth, there's different types of soil that the word has to deal with. Thank you, Lord. And um, people struggled with how the Lord talked. Um, some people, and, and when I say some people, I'm talking about the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and there was a third group that you don't hear about, the Essenes. Uh, they, they were going at it. Some felt like they were deeper than others, smarter than others, more spiritual than others. And when Jesus showed up, he just popped everybody's balloon. <laughs> yes, he did. And they weren't where they thought they were. At one occasion, he called them a generation of vipers. Uh, but here in St. John, um, 
chapter 7, verse 46, something very uh, interesting was said concerning how Jesus spoke. The officers answered, never, the, never man spake like this man. No one has ever broken it down like this. Hallelujah. No one has ever explained it like this. Some people got mad. Uh, some people just shrugged it off. Uh, but there were those who understood and absorbed it and their lives were changed. The word of God will change your life. The, Lord of, the word of God will save your life. <laughs> the word of God will preserve your very soul. Uh, if you have an ear, if you understand and if you do what the word is instructing you to do. Um, so listen, there are three important parts that need to be clearly understood. Three important parts that need to be clearly understood. Um, listen to my notes. The whole parable has to do with the farmer, the seed, and the four kinds of soil. And we broke it down to help us understand it even more. Uh, the seed is falling on four types of soil, four kinds of soil. The farmer, the seed, and the four types of soil. The farmer... Write it down if you, if you have something to write with and write on. The farmer represents Jesus, the Lord himself. Matthew 13, 37, he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. He who soweth the good seed is the son of man. So the farmer represents Jesus. Mm-hmm. When he was here on the earth, he sowed seed. When Jesus was here, he sowed seed. He preached the word. He taught the word. Um, today, he's still sowing seed. Every time you hear the word of God, every Wednesday night, seed is being sowed. Every time you hear someone stand before you and proclaim the word of God, seed is being sowed. Every time you open your Bible and read the word of God, seed is being sowed. So he's still uh, sowing seed through those who faithfully preach and teach. Yes, and he's faithfully sowing seed in your heart and in your spirit when you digest the word of God on your own, when you allow the word to be planted in your spirit. 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. How does increase come? Hallelujah. God keeps planting. He allows someone to water, but only he can give the increase. Only he can expand. Only he can enlarge. Um, so he's still sowing. Now the seed represents, of course, and I know those you Bible scholars are already saying it. You already put some of you already writing it down. Uh, but the farmer is Jesus. The seed is the word of God. All right. So we can say the seed is consisting of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the revealed truth of God, the seed, the revealed truth of God, his word. Hallelujah. What a wonderful seed it is. No better seed. First Peter 1 and 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, mm -hmm, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Hallelujah. That did something in my spirit. I'm going to read that one more time. Hallelujah. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. I wasn't born. We weren't born again of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. 
by the word of God. By the word of God. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So, and the soil is the human heart. So the farmer is Jesus, the, the seed is the word of God, and the soil is the human heart. Hallelujah. It is living. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going ahead of myself, but there are four kinds of soil that are mentioned in this parable, four types. Uh, and it's important to see that there's nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong with the seed. There's never anything wrong with the word of God. So it's important even before we dig deeper into this lesson tonight, there's nothing wrong with the seed. Never. The word of God. Hallelujah. If you know and you've heard me say it before, the word of God also represents his will. If you know his word, you know his will. And his word is good. It is acceptable and it is perfect. It is, there's nothing wrong with God's word. The seed is perfect. It is the reception of the seed that develops an issue. The reception of the seed. Uh, in these cases, uh, when, we, when we go and compare the different soils, uh, one soil uh, was, was right and the other three had an issue. Um, so it has to be good soil. Has to be good soil. Has to be good soil. Hallelujah. Put it in the comment section. It has to be good soil. Hallelujah. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm getting excited uh, because I love God's word. And we have to make sure that we are in a place where we can absorb all of the nutrients of God's word and his word can manifest in our lives. And there'll be growth. There'll be fruit. Hallelujah. Manifestation even of his power. So listen, um, the different. The different kinds of ground represent four different ways in which the word is treated by those who hear it. I'm going to say it again. The different kinds of ground in this parable represent four distinct ways in how the word of God is treated by those who hear it. So whenever the word of God is preached or taught or, or presented, hallelujah, there are four kinds of hearers. Four kinds of hearers, four kinds of soil represented here. So uh, there is um, the hard ground, the hearer, uh, the hard ground hearer, the hard ground hearer. Uh, Matthew 13 and 4 says, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, meaning the seed hit the ground and bounced because the ground was so hard. And, and some people in church, some people listening to the word of God, they're hard ground hearers. Their heart is like a rock. So the word of God comes and, and bounces off and falls by the wayside. And this is what Jesus is saying. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. So the word of God is, is hitting them and bounces off. Uh, and the fowls of the air, Jesus said, came and ate up all that good seed. Hallelujah. Here is the person, that hard ground hearer. Uh, here is the person who hears the word, but their heart is hard. Hard as a rock. There's, it's hardness. There's no depth 
the word is not received. They're sitting in church and they're not receiving the word of God at all while it stays. And Jesus said, while it stays on the surface, it bounces off. The birds come and take it away. So uh, many people are like that. They come, uh, they hear the choir sing, you know, and we're, we're in a pandemic now. So they'll sit and they'll just like they just like they flip channels or watching different movies and programs that people are doing that with church now. They're flicking the channels, uh, but they're not really receiving the word. It's their heart is hard. Uh, and they come to church, they hear the word, uh, but the word uh, is on their heart, but it's not in their heart. It just hits and bounces off. Uh, Judas was like that. Could you imagine? Judas was like that. He was with Jesus. He heard all this good teaching and preaching and presentation of God's word. He was with the master. Hallelujah. But it was bouncing off of him and falling to the side. Yeah. Let's go to Luke 22, 47 and 48. I'm in Luke 22, 47 and 48. Listen. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude and he that was called Judas one of the twelve went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. Mm -hmm. um, verse 48, but Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss? Uh, this, was, this is the, the type of uh, individual that will sit and hear the word, but the word does nothing to them. There's, there's nothing. Their heart is hardened had to have a hard heart to sell Jesus out the way he did. And there are people in church now that sell Jesus out all the time. Hallelujah. You, 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 I know there's a song out there that says sold out, but you're not sold out to Jesus. You're sold out to the world. You're in the church. Hallelujah. But uh, the word has not penetrated. You won't allow the word to manifest itself because your heart is stony. Uh, so there's hard ground here. Um, and that this is how Judas gets produced in the house of God. You, you betray the truth of God. You betray the power of God. You have a form of godliness, uh, but you're denying the power thereof. You look the part. Hallelujah. But there's no manifestation of God's word because you're not receiving his word. Ha. Number two, the stony ground hearer. The stony ground here. There was hard ground and then there's stony ground that Jesus talked about. The stony ground here in Matthew 13 and 5. We read some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. So stony ground, it was shallow. There were some patches of earth. But most of it was stony. So it was hit or miss. And some people in church are hit and, uh, hit and miss. So there was, some, there was some sign of life where the seed got a little patch, uh, but it was shallow. So this represents the superficial individual in the church. There's no depth. <laughs> there's, there's no uh, maturity. Uh, they're superficial. They're easily offended. Uh, because they have not allowed the word of God to do anything. They're, they're, there's, there's a lot of patchiness in their life. Matthew 13. I'm going to go back to Matthew 13. But I'm going to read verses 20 through 21. 
But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and a nun with joy receive it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Hallelujah. So the interpretation of what I just said, uh, Jesus just gives it to us. Many profess conversion. They, they talk about salvation. Um, listen to my notes. They even go on well. You know, they, they know how to church. They know how they know this, that and the other. But as soon as trouble comes, soon as persecution comes, they give up. Or they walk out of the church. And when I say the walk out of the church, I don't just mean the building. They may just say, I'm giving up. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, shallow, superficial, easy, easily uh, tempted or persuaded to walk away. So I'm going to read it again. Many profess. They even do well for a while until trouble or tribulation comes and then they give up. Uh, I'm going to take you to Acts and give you an illustration. His name is Simon Magnus. And he's talked about in the book of Acts, chapter 8. I'm going to give you scripture, not my opinion. Uh, chapter 8, verses 9 through 24 says, But there was a certain man named Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God, and to him they have regard. Because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles, I'm sorry, I lost my place. All right, then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, I'll go back, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto him Peter and John, whom, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto them, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast taught that the gift of God, or thought rather, that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart, your heart, is not right in the sight of God. He was baptized. He was converted, right? He's starting to make some changes, but his heart was not right with God. He heard all of that word. He heard the word. You couldn't go anywhere where the apostles were and get fluff. They preached the word. They preached the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. He was told he needed the Holy Ghost. So he did the first step of conversion, right? Uh, he was persuaded to be baptized. 
Uh, but when he saw them lay hands and people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost immediately, hallelujah, he said, well, let me buy some of this. Now, you know good and well, he had to be told that you cannot get salvation through any ordinary means. It's a gift. It's something that the Lord gives you. You cannot purchase it. His heart was not right. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, that perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness. I'm discerning that there's some bitterness in you, and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which he hath spoken come upon me hallelujah so simon confessed but his heart was stony there was some patches there of earth uh, but it still wasn't really good soil so we talked about the hard ground here stony ground here now let's talk about uh the thorny ground we talked about hard stony thorny ground hearers this is the third type of soil, thorny ground here. And for that, I have to take you back to our anchor uh, chapter 13 of the book of Matthew. Verse number seven, and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up. It was thorny ground, seed fell upon thorny ground and the thorn sprung up and choked the seed ha my lord hallelujah and choked the seed this this is the double-minded person this this type of soil represents the double-minded hearer uh, whose heart is worldly and preoccupied you're sitting in church you're hearing all this word right uh, but you have a thorny type of soil uh, and that because you're so preoccupied with the world uh, your heart is worldly and preoccupied with money and lust and the affairs of the world uh, not my opinion Matthew 6 and 24 no man can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God in mammon. You cannot serve God in money. You cannot serve God in prosperity. You can't serve it. So thorny ground uh, is where you get all this word, but the thorns come and choke the word that uh, is being deposited or planted. The interpretation, further interpretation, I'm going to take you to Matthew again, chapter 13, but verse 22. Not my opinion, the word of God. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. You can't receive the things of God because you care more for the world than you do for the things of God and the thorns, the thorns of the world. Uh, the thorns of the lust, your love for money, your love for riches, your love for prosperity. It's choking the word. Hallelujah. Choking the word. Listen, listen to my notes. Many today appear to receive the word. But when they allow money and possessions 
to rule their lives, the word becomes choked. The word becomes choked. Matthew 4.19, I want to read. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. It becomes unfruitful. Now, um, remember Ananias and Sapphira? They are a perfect example of thorny ground hearers. Mm -hmm. Thorny ground. Remember, everybody was, was selling and, and all their goods and bringing the money to the house of God uh, for the upbuilding of the kingdom to be a blessing uh, because church is supposed to be a community also. So when I have, you have. Uh, it was never supposed to be, I have, you can't have nothing that I have. Jesus didn't teach that. Uh, but people were so happy about their salvation and building the kingdom, they would sell all they had and they would bring it to the church, bring it to the feet of the apostles. Now, did they have to give every dime? No, they didn't have to. Uh, so there's really no reason to lie about it. But this this is an example of thorny, the thorny ground hearer. Uh, listen. Remember Ananias and Sapphira, but a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. Why would they do that? They sold their possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it. So it was arranged. They were working together, brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land. So I sold it for this. Uh, and he may have said, oh, well, I'm going to give it all to you. Uh, and this is what I'm giving. But that's not what was in the envelope. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's another lesson. Okay. Whilst it remained, was it not your own? Didn't you own the property? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? So he's saying it's your property. You can sell it for whatever you want to, but don't say one thing to God and do another. Uh, it was in your power to sell it for whoever you wanted, to receive whatever you wanted. Was, has thou conceived this thing in thy heart? What is it that you have conceived in your heart? What are you doing? Thou hast not lied unto men, but you have lied unto God. Yes, I can go into a thing right now with giving uh, you have to give truthfully uh, and don't lie to the Holy Ghost. But here it says, and Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came unto all them that heard these things. And the young men rose, wound him up, carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, verse seven says, about three hours later, his wife comes in. And Peter answered unto her, tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. Tell me how much you sold the land for. <laughs> Woo! And she said, yay, for such. She gave him whatever the husband told her to say. We're going to keep the rest. When you lie to the Lord, you're, you're killing yourself. You get in all this word, but because uh, possessions and material things means more to you than anything else, you're killing yourself. It's choking the word. The word can't work in your life if material things and having things means more to you. So uh, Peter says, okay, here comes his wife. How much did you sell the property for? How much should I write down 
you're going you're gonna to lay at our feet. Then uh, Peter said, how is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all of them, all the church and upon as many as heard these things. So they were examples of a thorny ground hearer. Right. Because the apostles were talking about building up the kingdom uh, and nourishment for everyone, uh, because ministry is supposed to be holistic, taking care of the whole man. Uh, and that was the mentality of the early church. So there was no need to lie. Uh, just say what you're going to give and give. But don't lie because you're not lying to me. Uh, Peter said, you're not lying to me. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. Could could you imagine in church today, if, if today or in any given time, uh, all of the lies that are being told uh, while the word of God is being planted and how, how, how people uh, and have hard ground, that their hearts are harder, all of the stony ground. Could you imagine all of the thorny ground uh, and all of this good word? Because there's nothing, remember I said, there's nothing ever wrong with the seed. It is good, it is acceptable, it is perfect. The seed. What is in the seed? Life, nourishment, hallelujah, strength, growth, enlargement, expansion, all of that and more. I can, I can go more and more. All of that is in the word of God. And you mean to tell me you have all this hard ground all of this stony ground, all of this thorny ground. Hallelujah. So, and this, so the seed is bouncing off, or the seed is, is hit or miss, or the thorns are just coming up and choking up the word. Somebody needs to make a change. Somebody, somebody needs to say, even now, Lord, I don't want to be hard. I don't want to be stony. I don't want to be thorny. I want my heart to be right. Created me a clean heart, renewed a right spirit within me. I want my heart to be right so I can receive all of the nourishment of God's word. Now, and I need to stop here and minister for a few minutes because perhaps uh, because of experiences in life. Uh, and when I say life, even after receiving salvation, uh, your heart may have become hard and bitter. And because of this, you, you've allowed... Uh, the offense or you've allowed the, the frustration or you've allowed the disappointment to create bitterness in you and your heart has shut down towards the word. Open that heart back up. Break up that fallow ground. Stony or thorny ground. Uh, but you want your heart to be always good ground. And that's the final hearer. Jesus talks about the good ground hearer. Matthew 13 and 8. Listen to these words. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. So much fruit until some was a hundred, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hallelujah. Everyone who has ears should be paying attention. 
Matthew 13 and 23. That's where the interpretation is, where he breaks down. He that receives seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also beareth fruit. Now, if you understand it, you'll do it, you'll follow it, you'll receive it, you'll believe it, uh, which also bears fruit and bringeth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. So, good ground. This is the hearer uh, who is honest and receptive to God's word. And because they're honest and receptive, meaning they see themselves because they're receiving the word, whatever they need to do, hallelujah, they'll do it before the Lord and they become fruitful. Let me give you some examples. Uh, I read the interpretation, right? Um, I, I, um, let me take you to Mark 4 and 20. These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Uh, he repeats it. It's repeated in the gospel according to St. Mark. It's repeated also in the gospel according to St. Luke, the eighth chapter. But here's some examples of good ground. Remember Nathaniel? Uh, I'm going to take you to St. John, chapter 1, 45 through 51. It says, Philip findeth Nathaniel. And saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him <laughs> and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? How do, how do you know me? Nathanael looked at Jesus, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Hallelujah. A lot of times you don't think God sees you, but he sees you. He knows where you are. Hallelujah. He knows where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Put that, put that in the comment section. God knows where I am. He said, before, before Philip called thee, I saw you sitting under a fig tree. I saw you. Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God, thou art the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto thee, I saw you under the fig tree. You believe? Thou shalt see greater things than this. <laughs> and he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That's an example of that good ground. Uh, just Jesus just telling him, I saw you, just knowing who he was before he even got here. And that's a powerful message right there. Before you got where you were, Jesus saw you. He saw you. Think about it. Before you got saved, he saw you. Before you got the Holy Ghost, he saw you coming. Hallelujah. Before you were born, he saw you coming. And he has prepared a way for you. All you have to do is believe him and receive him and receive that word. And he said, greater things, you shall see greater things than these. 
Hallelujah. Put it in the comment section. Greater is coming for those of you who receive and love God's word and understand the richness of his word. Hallelujah. And will allow his word to penetrate your heart. Put it in the hashtag. Hallelujah. Make it a hashtag and put it in the comment section. Greater things are coming. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus told Nathaniel. Greater things are coming because you've got good soil. Hasha. Great things come to those of us who make ourselves good soil. Remember the Ethiopian uh, eunuch, Acts chapter 8, mm -hmm. verses 26 through 29. Here's another example. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. I'm reading 26 through 29 of Luke. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 8. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou? what thou readest do you understand what you're reading and he said how can i accept some man how can i understand the word except some man explains it to me someone to guide me through the word i'm trying to get it but i need somebody to guide me through the word i'm ready to receive it hallelujah and it's it's piercing my heart but i don't really understand i need somebody to help me and he desired philip that he would come up and sit come sit with me Share the word of God with me. Help me understand what God wants me to know. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer. So open he not his mouth. My goodness. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Hallelujah. And who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this. Who is the prophet talking about? Was he talking about himself or of some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and explained it to them. Began to preach the word, preach the word of God unto him. He preached Jesus. The prophet was talking about Jesus. So he told him he was talking about Jesus. Hallelujah. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. He preached the gospel to him and he received the word of God. It was good soil. And they were passing some water on the way. He said, here is water. What's hindering me from being baptized? This is the eunuch. You told me I needed to be baptized in Jesus name and I would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Here's some water. Baptize me now. That was good soil. He received the word. And Philip said, if thou believest with all your heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to be still. Stop the chariot. Take me to the water. <laughs> and they went down both into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. And the eunuch didn't see him anymore. And he went on his way rejoicing. My God. After he was baptized, the Lord just took Philip away, moved him out of, move him out of the way. And the eunuch goes rejoicing. 
He went back to, to Ethiopia with the gospel. He went back to Ethiopia. That's another lesson right there. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get into it. Hallelujah. But the, the Christianity, the Holy Ghost, the gospel of Jesus Christ was already in Africa. It was there before the slave trade started. So for those of you who are telling me, trying to tell me that I'm worshiping a white man's God, you don't understand what you're talking about because the gospel of Jesus Christ was in Ethiopia even before the slave trade started. That's another lesson. That's another lesson. Let's move on. It was good ground. Uh, Cornelius also. Cornelius is an example of good ground. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 2. And then I'll go down to verse 44. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Ghost is falling in Italy also. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Let's go down to verse 44. Read through 48. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost was falling. Seed was being planted in good soil. Right? They were Gentiles, but they, it was good soil. Why? Because they received the word of God and it penetrated their hearts. And now the manifestation of his word was coming forth. They were receiving salvation of God. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And we commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days and I'm getting ready to wind down I'm trying not to be as long uh, but I, I love the word of God I love the word of God so what are some of the things we can learn from this short parable about the uh, the sower and the four kinds of soil right the hard ground here the stony ground remember the farmer is Jesus the seed is the word of God uh-huh um, and the soil represents my heart. So uh, is my heart hard? Is the heart stony? Is the heart thorny? Or is it good ground? And these are the four types of, of individuals that are sitting, hearing the word. Hallelujah. Yes. What kind of heart do you want to have? You can easily say to the Lord. Just like David created me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me. Give him your heart of stone. Yes. And he'll give you a heart of flesh. He'll give you the kind of heart that you need to receive his. Isn't it something? Even my heart. I even even God has to help me with my heart so I can receive his word. Listen, even after you get the Holy Ghost in order to stay right with God, because we go through things. We have to always come to a place where we pray concerning our hearts. Hallelujah. Because it's in my heart that I have to hide his word. His word I have to hide into my heart that I might not sin against God. Hallelujah. So we have to always pray concerning our hearts. So um, what are some useful things that we can learn 
from this lesson found in the gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 13 verses, um, let's see, verses 1 through 9 and 18 through 23. You'll also find it in Mark. Um, for those of you who know, it's in all of the gospels except for John. So what are some of the, the things that we can learn from this? The first thing, um, the first thing we can learn from this, and you can write it down, is that we have to pay attention to what we hear. Jesus said, he that has an ear, let him hear. Uh, and we read it in the Common English Bible. He that has ears, everyone who has ears, pay attention. Everybody who's spiritual enough to understand, you better pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Put it in the comments section, hashtag pay attention. We have to pay close attention to what we hear. Matthew 13 and 9, who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Compare it to, Matt, to Luke 8 and 8. Another fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he that has ear, let him hear. So the Gospels are said in the Gospels over and over, he that has an ear, let him hear. He says it in the book of Revelation when he's speaking to his church. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. When you hear the word of God, pay attention. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? We should never point fingers when we're listening to, oh, he's talking to her, he's talking to him. No, he's talking to you. What's in here for me? What, what are you saying to me? Listen, when the Lord taught this parable, when Jesus taught this parable, he knew the hearts of those that were listening. You don't think that when, you, when the preacher's preaching to you, those of you who are connected tonight, you don't think that God knows your heart already? <laughs> he, he, told, he told Nathaniel, I saw you while he was coming. He's, he's, he's saying, oh, this is an Israelite that, that loves the word of God, that loveth God. He said, you, you know me? He said, yes, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. You don't think that he's, he saw you before tonight? You don't think, you don't think Jesus knows what's in your heart right now so when you hear the word whenever you hear the word pay attention because when jesus was talking whenever jesus was teaching he knew the hearts of those who were listening to his word he knew judas he knew judas's heart he also knows our hearts john 2 and 25 and needed not any should testify of man for he knew what was in man. He knows what's in me. God knows what's in me. Put that in the comment section. God knows what's in me. He knows your thoughts. He knows the good stuff and the bad stuff. So when you hear the word, pay attention. Let him speak to you. Speak, Lord. Show me the way. Hallelujah. Lead me in the right direction. Correct me. Make the crooked places straight. Take your word and make me what I'm supposed to be. He also knows our hearts. So I can stop right here and say, what kind of hearer are you? What kind of hearer are you? Are you hard ground? Are you stony ground? Are you thorny ground? Or would you say you are good ground? 
Now, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself. And immediately I see, Lord, there's some coming up I need to do. <laughs> I need to make sure that this soil is right. Hallelujah. Because I don't want the thorns to choke the word. I don't want your word to bounce off and fall to waste. I don't want to be stony ground. I don't want to be hit or miss and be patchy in my life. I want my heart to be right so your word will penetrate and your word will manifest in my life. Uh-huh. So pay attention. What kind of hearer are you? Ask yourself that. What kind of hearer am I? What kind of hearer have I been? Hallelujah. So that leads me to the second part because we're talking about the farmer, the seed, and the soil. So that leads me also to talk about the fact that the soil has to be prepared. The heart has to be prepared before you can receive the word. The heart has to be prepared. This is what I've learned in this parable before you can receive the word and be saved or before you can receive the word and be blessed. Listen to my notes. Just as the soil needs preparing by the farmer, so those of us who minister to souls, those of us who teach the word, those of us who preach the word, mm -hmm, must prepare the way. How do I prepare the way? And, and it's not just to preach it and teach it, but it's to live it. Hallelujah. How do I prepare my heart to receive the word of God? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer helps me prepare my heart for the reception of God's word. Yes, I'm going to read it again in my notes, just as the soil needs preparing by the farmer. So those of us who minister to souls must prepare the way by much prayer. Prayer breaks up the fallow ground. It breaks up uh, the unplowed ground because, you know, and I'm not a country boy, but I've I've seen a plow and I know that the plow is supposed to break up the earth so you can plant the seed. And that's what prayer does. Mm hmm. So if I don't want to be hard, if I don't want to be stony, if I don't want to be thorny, I have to pray more. I don't care how much you pray. Pray more. Pray more. Pray more. Pray more. Much prayer. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Prayer breaks up the unplowed ground. Hosea 10 and 12. Let's go to the Old Testament. Hosea 10 and 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. <laughs> Why? So you can receive God's word. So you can get what God is trying to say to you and there'll be some growth in your life. Break up the fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Now, this is the prophet. This is the prophet Hosea. Listen, I want to read that one more time. He says, sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. Hosea 10 and 12. Break up your fallow ground for it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you you mm -hmm. so prayer breaks up that fallow ground and prepares the way for god's word to be received 
Let's come back into the New Testament. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 and 30 says it like this. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. So they're praying. They're threatening us. The church is being threatened. The, the ministry is being threatened. Hallelujah. These people don't want to hear the word. And they're praying that God would move on the hearts of those that are going to be hearing the word of God. Even before you witness to people, pray that God, through prayer, will break up some fallow ground. And if there's any fallow ground in your life, pray, Lord, I want to be right. Lord, I want your word to have free course in my life. This is good stuff. If you're not being blessed, I am. The third thing, um, your, how can I say it? Uh, try not to be discouraged when the results of what you're doing seem small. And this is for those people who are teaching and preaching, preaching the word, teaching the word, and Bible class, Sunday school, uh, you know, or you're witnessing, and you might feel discouraged because uh, the results seem small. Uh, and understand, remember, because I'm learning, we're learning from this parable that Jesus is, is teaching, is that there are four kinds of hearers. You might be talking to someone who's hard, who's stony, or who's thorny, or it may be good ground. Um, the harder the ground, the, the harder the work. Mm-hmm. So try not to be discouraged. And I know it's difficult because, um, but understand, according to what Jesus is teaching, there's always four kinds of hearers. And uh, you have no promise that everyone is going to be saved that you talk to. Some people are going to reject it. Yeah. Uh, I've been preaching for years. And just because they're sitting there saying hallelujah doesn't mean that everyone that's saying hallelujah is going to really accept it. Jesus just told us tonight that there's four kinds of soil that you're dealing with. Hallelujah. So um, everyone may not receive it. Uh, is everybody going to be saved that you talk to? I, I would, I'm praying for that. But Jesus is saying that some people are just going to throw it away. Some people are just going to discard it. Uh, I want to take you to John uh, chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. If ye abide in me and my words in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So does the Lord want you to bear much fruit? Yes. Uh, but he knows the hearts of those who are listening. He knows the hearts of those who are listening. He already knows those who are going to say yes and those who are going to push it away. It doesn't mean that you should stop planting, though. It doesn't mean that you should stop witnessing, though. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, uh -huh, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. So don't stop planting. Don't stop preaching and teaching. Don't stop witnessing to your family just because the results seem small. Remember, I read it earlier where he says, uh, Apollo planted, Paul watered, 
but God gives the increase. So uh, just do your, your part. Keep on preaching and teaching. Keep on ministering. Keep on witnessing. Uh, but Jesus gives us the insight and says we're always dealing with four types of soil in ministry. Uh, and my message is also to those who are already in the kingdom. You have to make sure that you're good soil so you can continue to be blessed, so you can continue to be strengthened, so you can continue to grow in the things of God. The fourth thing that we learn um, is, is I'm not going to necessarily give you a scripture for it, but it's just for point of discussion. Um, and, and perhaps you can stir up this discussion among your friends and those that you pray with uh, and share with. But um, we should aim to do a deeper work, a deep work. Uh, if, if we're going to be the church, if we're going to be people of God, our aim uh, should be to be as deep in the word, as deep in God, as deep in this walk with God as we possibly can. Deeper, deeper. Remember that song? We don't sing any deeper yet I pray. Higher every day. Hallelujah. I, I love that song. I used to love to play that song too during uh, worship service. My father would grab the mic and lead the church in deeper, yet I pray. Uh, and we had a senior choir back in the day, Mother Gibson um, and, and some of Mother Wilson. They would sing. Only God knew what key they were singing in, but they would sing it. They would sing that song, deeper, yet I pray, deeper, deeper, deeper. Uh, but our objective should be to get as deep into it as we possibly can. Listen. Just listen in my notes. It says there is much superficial because remember, there is that type of soil that stony ground represents the superficial ministry, that superficial individual where uh, that the hearer is superficial. The, and, and the interpretation is given in Matthew 13 verses 20 through 21. But uh, we're professing. We are professing. But as soon as trouble comes, we shut down um, and we can't shut down because of the trouble. Listen, this pandemic is trouble. And some have given up because of the trouble. Nope. Uh, you got to find a way to continue doing what God has given you to do. Don't don't be so quick to give up. Don't be so quick to shut down. And I, I hope I'm helping someone. Don't be so quick to throw up your hands just because you're having trouble. Um, there is so much superficialness. I don't even know if that's a word. Where, where, is, where in many churches and many ministries are nothing but topsoil. And as soon as the wind blows, the soil blows away. We, we, we should be deeper now. <laughs> there should be some depth in us. Um, but there's, there's too much superficial work being done today. Uh, and we should be, be aware of this. Lord, help me to, to go deeper into this. I don't, I don't want to be just a topsoil saint, a topsoil preacher, or a topsoil missionary. And every, and every time something happens, I'm shutting down. I'm giving up. There should be depth in your walk, depth in your prayer life, depth in your praise, depth 
in your worship. So when the storm comes, I'm still standing like a palm tree, bending, but I'm not going to break. I'm going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I'm having church. I'm getting ready to have church in here. You heard the tongues. When the tongues start speaking, that's church is happening. Getting ready to have some church. Next, um, the twofold objective of, of, um, of all true witnessing and preaching and teaching the word of God is indicated in this small or short lesson. Uh, number one, souls have to be saved. Souls have to be saved and converted through believing the word of God. Remember in, in Matthew 13 and 15, for this people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Luke 8 and 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. This is why the enemy fights, because he doesn't want anybody to be saved. He doesn't want the word to penetrate, because if the word gets in their heart the right way, they're going to be blessed, they're going to be strengthened, they're going to be delivered, they're going to be saved. And this is why we have the fight. The enemy is fighting, uh, but our objective number one is so souls can be saved lives can be changed and the second part is that uh, when they get saved they bear fruit when they get saved so is there's two parts to this uh, we have to make sure that the, the soil is right especially with us and that we continue to do the work and that we continue to do the press because we want souls to be saved. And when they come in, we want them to be fruitful. Yes, we want them to be fruitful. Luke chapter 8, verse, verse uh, 15. I'll take you to verse 12 first. Those by the wayside and they that hear then cometh the devil, taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be say but in verse 15 it says but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart having heard the word keep it this is why it's so important hallelujah for that good ground to be manifested because they can keep that seed having heard the word they keep it and bring forth fruit with patience we have to stop uh, making people feel as though once you get saved, you, you got everything right away. No, it takes time to mature. It takes time. Hallelujah. We have to tell people the truth about the salvation. It takes time. Abraham did not become the father of faith overnight. He had to go through. He told some lies. He went in the opposite direction. He made some mistakes over time. In the process of time, uh, he became who God wanted him to become. So I don't just want to be saved, but I want to become everything God wants me to be. And this should be our prayer while we're teaching and preaching and ministering and witnessing. Uh, I want you to be saved. I want you to stay saved. And I want you to bear fruit, much fruit. And 
the last thing I'm getting ready to shut down. Um, there are some warnings. There are some warnings here. Uh, there are certain things that we have to be aware of. Any good farmer, anyone that works in the garden understands that some things I need to be cognizant of if I want the garden to grow correctly, right? Uh, might be some snakes, might, might be some leeches in, in the garden, might, might be some, uh, you know, you have certain insects that like to eat up the plants. Uh, you have uh, things that live in the ground that'll try to eat up the seed. Uh, so there's some warnings here. So this is what I learned in this lesson tonight. You learn number one, here's some of the dangers you have to look out for. Number one, the enemy is ready to snatch the word. Satan is ready to snatch that word away from me. Matthew 13 and 19, remember? And anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then comes the wicked one who comes and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside, right? That hard ground hearer, and it bounces, and the enemy comes and snatches the word because he doesn't want that word to do anything in your life. So you have to be cognizant of the fact, Mark 4 and 15, uh-huh, says the same thing. And by these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that is sown in their hearts. Right after church, sometimes even before church is over, he's trying to snatch the word. I've been saved for years. And when I hear the word, he comes and tries to snatch it because he doesn't want the word to take root in my life. And we have to be careful. We have to be cognizant of this. You have to guard the word. When you hear the word, guard the word. Hold on to the word. Hallelujah. I want to hold on to it so it could take root in my life. The second thing we learned in this parable is troubles are the experiences of every believer. Everybody is going to go through. Nobody. No, I don't care how pretty you are. I don't care how long your hair is. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care how long you've been a deacon. Everyone, every born again believer is going to have some troubles. Every believer. Every believer goes through something. Not my opinion. Matthew 13, 21. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word by and by he is offended. John 16 and 33 says, these things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Mm -hmm. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So it's going to come, trouble is going to come. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And some, because of these troubles, you will become offended. Offenses will come. Jesus even talked about that. You will have offenses. You will be offended. Hallelujah. You're going to suffer persecution. So, number one, Satan is always ready to snatch the word. He'll try. Number two, troubles are the experiences of every believer. Number three, all of us have to suffer some kind of persecution, right? Matthew 13 and 21, we already read it. I'll read it again. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth 
for a while for when the tribulation of persecution arises because of the word by and by he's offended. Acts 5 and 4, whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto me, but unto God. So you're going to have persecution. There's, there's going to be um, opportunity for you to either make the right decision or the wrong decision. All of, everyone comes there. Uh, and here's here's a, a little sidebar. I think we need to have more discussions like this. And some of us who have made mistakes need to be more transparent to tell those. I haven't always been good soil. <laughs> I haven't always been what I'm supposed to be. I made some mistakes. I made some bad decisions. Yes. Mm -hmm. There were days when I didn't tell the truth. I wasn't forthright with God. Hallelujah. And I had to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need I need some good soil. I'm not where I should be. Thank you, Father. So all of us will have to suffer some kind of persecution. All of us will come to a place where we'll have to make the right decision or make a decision. And will we always make the right decision? Um, nope. And if some of those people who are sitting in the room with you that who are saying hallelujah would tell you the truth, they say, I have not always made the right decision with my sanctified tongue speaking self. We'll all experience the worries of life. All of us will experience the worry. No one is exempt from experiencing the worries of life. Matthew 13, 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Have you ever been in an unfruitful place? I have. I had to learn how to set my affections on the, on the Lord because my worldly desires, my worldly wants was choking the word of God. Hallelujah. My God, sometimes God will put us in a good place. And because of our our perceptions and our lust and our worldly desires, it, we, we walk out of that place that God wants us to be. But we have to come back to that good place, that good soil. Galatians six and five says for every man shall bear his own burden. Matthew 13 and 22. Everybody's going to bear a burden. Everyone has their own personal responsibility, their own walk, their own cross, their own burden. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world. Hallelujah. The deceitfulness of riches. This is why I have such an issue with the prosperity message. It's really a prosperity mess because uh, the preacher is is pushing and shoving prosperity, 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 and the word of God is being choked. And when trouble comes, when they don't get the money the preacher promised them, you know there's a problem when the only person driving the Bentley is the preacher. The preacher, I, I was watching something the other day. I'm not going to call the preacher's name. He was begging and, and begging and pushing and pushing. I need a new plane. He already has got two planes already. I need a new plane. I need a new plane. I want a new jet. And they gave him the money to buy the jet. And now the whole church is out, out on, the, on the strip watching their pastor fly his new jet. And the thought came to me, why didn't he offer any of them? He didn't even offer none of them a ride. 
You're buying a preacher a jet and you can't even get a ride in it. I, I don't understand. And it's choking the word. It's thorny ground. But Lord, hallelujah. If I never get the, the Mercedes, if I never get the mansion, if I never have a butler to answer the door, I love you too much to walk away from the realness and the richness of your word. I'm striving to be good soil. Hallelujah. We're going to have danger. We're going to have to face dangers too. Yes, not just persecution and trials and tribulation, but this way gets dangerous too. Yes, it gets dangerous too. It gets burdensome too. Uh, the enemy tries to snuff us out. Listen, this is the last point. This is what I learned in this lesson. Um, I have to hold on to God's word because there's one verse that we read that is, gets into good soil and, and you hold on to the, the seed is held on to and fruit comes up. Through patience, you have to wait for the crop, but because it's good soil, uh, it's able to hold that seed and it germinates. Hallelujah. I want God's word to germinate in my spirit, germinate in my heart so I can become what the word says I can become. So I can do what the word says I can do. So I can have what the word says I can have. So if I hold on to the word, um, I can really be a disciple of Christ. If I hold on to his word, I can really do what Jesus said I can do. If I hold on to the seed, if I hold on to the word, hallelujah, I'll have everything his word says I can have. Everything it says I can have, do, and be. John 8 and 31. I'm going to read this and I'm getting ready to pray. John 8 and 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him. If ye continue in my word. Then are ye my disciples indeed. Hold on to the seed. And continue in his word. I have in my notes my final statement. If we are really going to be a disciple of Christ. Then we have to continue in his word. And in order to do that, you have to hold on, hallelujah, hold on to that seed. Hold on to that seed. What kind of ground are you? We're getting ready to pray. What kind of heart? Do you have any heart issues? Because, hallelujah, the, the soil represents heart. What kind of heart do you have? Are you having heart trouble? Uh, is your heart hardened? Is your heart stony? Is it thorny? Or is it good ground? Lord, if it's not right, help me to get it right. Lord, if, this, if it's thorny, help me to get rid of all of these thorns. Help me to get rid of this bitterness so your word can have true and full manifestation in my life. Hallelujah. Thy word have I hid in my heart. I want that fallow ground to be broken up so unto yourselves. Break up that fallow ground so you can reap the peace and the joy of God. The strength of his word will manifest in your lives. Hallelujah. I feel this in my heart, in my life, in my spirit. I want to get deeper into this word. I want his word to get deeper into me. I want to be so close to you that I can feel the breath 
your breath when you breathe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want, I want more of God. Soil has to be right. The soil has to be right. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, just stretch your hands out towards the screen. Here we are, Lord, fellowshipping with one another. Here we are in your word, and we've heard what you've said to us tonight. Got to make sure the soil is right. Touch our hearts tonight. We don't want the heart, our hearts to be hard or stony or thorny, but we want our hearts to be like good soil. Hallelujah. So we'll be able to hold on to the seeds that are planted. Help us, O oh God, to pay better attention to your word. So when we speak, we can hear what you're saying to the church. Help that brother, that sister that's connected tonight to be and to have and to do all that your word says. Hallelujah. Help us, Father, even in ministry that will reach those souls and understanding what Jesus said to us. There are different types of soil, but not to hold back, not to be discouraged because one plants, one waters and you give the increase. Help us to continue. Even though we're in the midst of, pan of a pandemic, help us to find a way to spread this word, to continue to witness to those that need a seed planted in their life. Hallelujah. Bless us one by one. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I want to thank you on tonight for connecting with us and those of you uh, who have a special prayer request, send it to me. Uh, admin at grtdc.org send me that special prayer request and i'll lay it on the altar as i come here and pray and uh write me those of you who would like to write me tell me how you like the the bible study if you if if there's a special request write me talk to me about it uh i'm i'm willing and in, in uh uh, for you to reach out to me and I'll reach back out to you. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask me, uh, put it in writing and I'll answer you back to the best of my ability. Admin at grgdc.org. If you don't have a church home, uh, let me know and we'll connect you to a Bible teaching believing church. Or if you'd like to be a part of our cyber church, uh, you may do so. Uh, and we'll tell you how you can do that admin at grtdc.org. Now, if you want to uh, be a blessing to the ministry, you want to plant the seed, you may do so. Our technician will put that on the screen. And those of you who are sitting in the annex tonight uh, or in your homes in the New York area, use Givelify, won't you? Look for Refuge Temple Annex. But those of you who are here in the GRTDC area, uh, use the information that's on the screen and you can plant that seed. Hallelujah. I'm praising God and thanking God. I'm sitting here in the temple, uh, but I feel the presence of God. And I'm grateful for this night, grateful for this time. Now, we're going to go to part two next week. Uh, we're going to pull out another parable and pull out the nuggets uh, and see what the Lord is saying to his children. Uh, but until then, until next week, uh, there are three things that I want you to do. Be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom, shalom.